What Up Podcast, babies. I'm Jesse Oliver. I'm Maureen Smith. And I'm Makita Loney, and we're Fat Out of Hell. A bi-weekly podcast where we burn down fat stigma through conversations about our experiences as bad, rad fatties. So take out your extenders and buckle up, because it's time to go! Welcome to the podcast, podcast babies. We have uh, some great news, as in we are very excited about our guests, but we do, we are missing one of our, our trinity. We are missing our dear, beloved Kita. She mm-hmm. is uh, working because she is, um, as some would say, a boss bitch. So yes. <laughs> she some people cannot... work for the weekends. Kita works on the weekends. On the weekends. <laughs> and I wish I wish it's it's a lesser known song. Um uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's much sadder. It's a dirge. It's a minor ballad. Um yes, so Kita is not with us today, but but, uh, but we have a super rad guest with us. Um, we have Marge Hudson, who is the Strategic Influencer Partnerships Manager for Dia and Co. Which, if I may give a like a personal, just like testimonial about Dia and Co. When I um when I first moved to Chicago and was like trying to like feel myself and was trying to figure out like how to dress like a boss bitch, my step one was I ordered a Dia box. And so like, and so like, I've, I've just like, and that was in 2015, 2016. And so like, just like, if you haven't yet, check out Dia and Co. Because they're like, lovely folks who are doing the thing. So I will also add to the chorus. Uh, (laughs) There's a long running joke that um, I can never find jeans that fit me because I am five seven, but have like the legs of someone who's five two. Uh, And like, like I'm all torso. I am shaped like a sexy BB eight. And uh, (laughs) uh, Dia and Co is the only place that has sent me jeans that actually fit me. Are they the Leroy skinny jeans? No, I forget what they sure are. It, they're magical. I, I I have not sure. I'll how, send you but a pic are. of them. Okay, but like it was two pairs of jeans from the same company, and I kept them. Like it's the only box I ever ordered, and I was like keeping this, keeping this because I was like I have never found yeah. jeans that actually fit my body until this. It's wild that order. like the bar is so low. <laughs> like <laughs> I know. Like oh my god, they fit. Like they fit. <laughs> it's just like that's like just sad, but like that's like the realization is that like we're just like shocked that a pair of clothes fits. Let alone like let it be like our style or how we want to dress, but that it fits. Mind blowing. Oh yeah. There, no, I. Our, oh, sorry. I, go ahead. I can't tell you how many times I've like gone to a store just like looking for a refresh yeah. and left the store with pieces that I n- literally never wear Yeah, because I go and I bring 15 things into the fitting room and three of them fit. And yep. I'm like, well, damn it. I'm not leaving here empty handed because yeah. I brought 20 things in here. Yeah. There's <laughs> like the- a sense of like obligation that you're like, yeah. I can't walk out there without anything. 
Yeah. Because otherwise they'll know. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you get really accustomed because there are limited options. You get very yeah. accustomed to knowing exactly how your body fits into most mm-hmm. toilet clothes, exactly how your body fits into like whatever. And when you haven't found a specific item that you fit into in all of those like brick and mortar stores at your mm-hmm. disposal. And the uh, the thing that's really hard sometimes about ordering things online, which this is not the case with Dia, so uh, another testimonial, is that you never know what the return policy is going to Ugh. be. And that, yeah. like, like, Swimsuits for All has, like, literally the worst return policy I've ever seen. Like, oh, no. you're paying for the return. You're also paying for part yeah. of the time. It's, Ugh. like, it's absurd. And so, like, sometimes you just go well i buying a pair of jeans is not worth it for me because i really don't want to get stuck yeah. with a pair of jeans yeah. that don't fit me when i know none of the jeans at the brick and mortar stores fit me right yeah. like yeah well so or, Mark, or oh, like sorry. i will buy things like i racked up my old navy credit card years ago with clothes that didn't fit me but i just never returned because trying to go and return them was like such a schlep to like go and take them back and then you get store credit and this and that. I was like, who needs credit anyway? I'll just have a bunch of clothes that I don't wear. Cool. That make me <laughs> sad every time I look at them. Great. Oh, that man. feels right. Um, well, so can you yeah. talk to us a little bit? Like for those of us, obviously we're well-versed in Dia here. We sure. are. <laughs> um, but for those of listening who are like, what are they talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Would you mind telling us a little bit about what Dia & Co. does? Absolutely. So Dia & Co. is a digital retailer serving the plus-size community. We are a fashion and a lifestyle brand that believes in clothing, in freedom, in style, um, accessibility, and um, we want you to have a life and celebrate a life well-lived through style. And so while you both have have shared your experiences getting us a Dia box or a Dia style box, which is a subscription-based model, we actually have, for the last year, had a digital store, an online e-commerce shop like all your other faves, where you can shop as you would online with the same amazing return policy that you all talked about. Um, and you can shop the closet. So instead of saying, you know, I don't want, I don't know what they have, or I want to see what I'm going to get before I give it to a stylist, or I've never worked with a stylist before, and I'm not really sure if they're going to get me. You can actually just shop online and take a look at what we have available um, and shop for yourself. Or you can pick a couple things and say, I'm have a stylist round this out and add a couple pieces and style it for me or you can have one of our incredible stylists who um are just mind-blowing and incredibly uh stylish themselves and quite magical in their ability to like nail it on the first try which is shocking like beyond belief um and they'll style a box for you and give you choose five pieces based on a survey that you fill out that tells us a lot about your body type, your sizes, what you're comfortable with, what you're uncomfortable with, if you want to show your arms, if you don't want to show your arms, kind of everything about you, about your lifestyle, um, where you go, if you can go anywhere these days. Um, and then they'll do the same thing. They'll shop through our site. They'll find pieces for you. They'll write you a beautiful styling note, kind of giving you inspiration, um, how to style these pieces if you need a little bit of help. And then you get a box delivered to your door. And you have days, uh, I think it's five days to play before you um, decide which ones you want to keep and what you want to send back. And what I think the best part about it is that um, 
you know, my, my experience before Dia was in a big department store and you're getting to the fitting room and you're trying on things that you don't remember. Do I already have that? Do I have something to wear this with? How am I going to style this? This way you get the box to your house. You can have a glass of wine, put on some music <laughs> and play within your closet and say, oh, I got these great pair of jeans from Dia. I'm going to wear these jeans with 10 of my favorite tops. Or like, I know that this is an investment because it goes with all of these other things that I already have. And what I think is really cool about that is that it creates a safe space for you to take risks and like try something new with the things in your closet that you already love. And I think that that's something that wasn't always available um, to plus bodies. Like the idea of trying something that you like, you go to a department store, you see a crop top and in your head, you're like, yes, bad bitch, I got this. I'm going to rock this. (laughs) But taking that into the fitting room. And trying it on with whatever you're wearing, you may look in the mirror and be like, oh, God, no, 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 I can't do this. I can't do this and put it back. But at home, you try it on, you pair it with what, like, your favorite jeans or the favorite bottom that you have, and you're like, oh, okay, I can rock this. So I always say, like, play around. Like, just because you put it on with the bottoms that you're wearing or whatever, like, just try it out. Have fun with it. Um, And then if you don't like it, send it back. You never have to see it again. So... That's, I think, a long-winded gist of what Dia is. Um, but we have a great shop uh, and a great site, Dia.com. Um, and I highly recommend it to everybody. Now, how did you come to work for Dia & Co.? Yeah. So it has been about five and a half years of working at Dia, but about six total years of knowing um, one of our founders, Nadia. I came to New York in uh, 2011 after graduating from college, and throughout college, I had worked at Lord & Taylor, may she rest in peace, the department store. Um, Just, you know, after work or after school, I would work retail and and work at the store. And when I moved to New York, I transferred to the department store on Fifth Avenue, planning on it being like a couple months till I got my like adult job. Um, And when I went in for the interview... Uh, They're like, oh, you're a big girl. We have a big girl section. You should work there. I was like, rude. That's disrespectful. (laughs) Also, because I was at a time. I was at a time. I I hate that for you. And yet also like. (laughs) Wild. You know, it's like, what? yes. You're like thoroughly unshocked. Also, what are people thinking? Well, at that time, like I have. I've had eating disorders. I've had body dysmorphia. Like at that time, I was probably trying to lose as much weight as superhumanly possible. And to have a complete stranger on like day one of a job be like, oh, you're fat. You work in the fat girl section. I was like, okay, sure, great. <laughs> yep. And the flip of that is that I went upstairs, I looked at it, and in my local Lord and Taylor, the plus department was like the size of my bedroom, where at this store was half of a floor of a New York City department store. And so I went from being like thoroughly offended to like, I feel like a kid in a candy shop. Like there's <laughs> options here. There's more than what I ever had. And like we could we could at least at worst case get some clothes, use the discount and look real cute. <laughs> yeah. And I ended up loving it. And I didn't plan on staying there. I thought it was going to be a short-term gig. I thought I don't even know what I thought I was going to do with my life, but like I thought something would come up and I would like figure it out or I'd join the military or some stupid shit. And um, I ended up 
working for Eileen Fisher. I ran the plus department, the plus Eileen Fisher shop. And all day, every day, I was surrounded by customers from all over the world who had bodies that looked like mine, who just wanted to have clothes that fit them and that they felt comfortable in. And as somebody who never felt like I was allowed to have that, it helped kind of deprogram and reprogram my brain in a way that I spent all day, every day helping women feel confident and comfortable in clothes and like getting to know everything that was available in the store, merchandising. I was kind of the like, I will know where everything is yeah. because I, I knew the experience. I knew there's, how shitty it felt. Yeah. There's also this thing that happens when you work retail, specifically in a plus size department where yeah. uh, you realize you're not alone. Yeah. Like these, these feelings of isolation because yeah. the world has uh, makes you feel that constantly way. been programming that you are wrong, you are bad, and you should change. Yeah. There is this thing that happens because you're talking with customers and you're yeah. interacting with them. They tell you their stories. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm not unique in the best way. Like in, yeah. in the best way possible where you're yeah. like, this, this experience is happening to so many people. Yeah. And if I can facilitate people feeling better about themselves, because one Absolutely. of the things we know is that fashion is a conduit for people feeling more beautiful, more yeah. confident, more like fill in the the adjective, right? Like where we we know that that can help someone reinterpret all of that mm-hmm. messaging over the years. And so yeah. then you get to be actively a part of that. And that yeah. is like really empowering, right? Yeah. Like that is truly empowering when you're like, oh, uh, again, I use this analogy quite a bit where I, I've talked about this with uh, online presences where like what has happened is I find myself in these circles of fat activists online where it feels like a beautifully woven net. Mm-hmm. right where like like these pieces that you didn't know were going to come together to create something that you feel like yeah. touches you on the days that you're not feeling great i felt yeah. that way working in a plus size retail store as well yeah on the days that i like and at that time in my life i was in my young 20s i was trying at all costs to get attention from all the wrong places I thought that I needed to not eat. I thought that I needed to shrink myself to be smaller, to be lovable, to be appreciated, to, you know, if I lost weight, I would get the guy, I would get the job, I would get the apartment, I would get the life. And yet, every day, I talked to women who had the life, who had the guy, who had, were living just like great examples of the life that I wanted. And then I was like, oh, maybe it's not me. Maybe it's not, maybe it's not, you know, how maybe I don't have to change. Maybe after all these years of thinking I had to change, I don't have to change. I have to maybe just change how I'm thinking about it. Well, and how much energy did you spend trying to become something to get the life as opposed to just living a life? Right. Like that's the thing that I find happens over and over with uh, fat people I've spoken to that so much of our lives have been devoted or dedicated to being not what we are. Yeah. That it, uh, creates in some regards an arrested development right where like like there is this idea that uh it 
we missed out on things because we spent years thinking, well, if I can only get to this, if I can only become this smaller, if I can only do this. Yep. And one of the things I am very passionate about is in vehicles like Fat Out of Hell or like Instagram, knowing that younger people have access to that. Yeah. And we lessen that for them. We actively yep. lessen those years for them, right? Yeah. Where they will not spend a chunk of their 20s trying to be something different yeah. just because they think they're unworthy of living life because of the body they're in, yeah. right? And you see it, and it's like so gr- like soul gratifying. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's like chicken soup for my soul. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I. Well, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No. Well, what I was going to say is that there was there was a moment in my life where I I thought I like thought all the chips were in place, and I thought that you know everything was in line for this this guy or this job or everything because I had gotten to the weight that I thought I needed to be. And when that didn't happen, and then I looked around and I saw all these other women who I was helping, like leave me in tears of joy and happiness and have like great shopping experiences. I thought to myself, well, if, if I want that for them and I don't know anything about them other than what they told me, why don't I want that for myself? Mm. And why don't I find ways to do that for myself? And I, I was lucky enough to be around kind of the right people at the right time that kind of helped like pave that way and, and inspire me a lot of like, actually like, thin women who were like, I don't understand why you feel this way about you. Like, just put the clothes on your body and you look great. Like, feel better. Like, it's all here. Like, you're a great person. And I think being in in a spot where you're not really surrounded by a lot of friends and surrounded by new friends, kind of realizing that people like you for who you are, not who you think you have to be, was, was a game changer. And then that led me to, uh, the, the wonderful woman that she is now, my my dear friend, Nadia, um, founder of Dia. She happened to be one of these women who was shopping at the store. Um, and I I was the person, I mean, obviously you can tell already just by chatting, I am a very uh, people chatty human. I'm introverted when I'm outside of surroundings, like I hibernate. Um, but when I'm around people and I'm working in the store, I would talk to anyone and everyone the costume designers for SNL, people who are who are dressing, um, you know, photo shoots, people who are doing commercials. If you stepped foot on my floor, I was going to talk to you because I honestly had nothing else to do. And I was bored and wanted to get to know you. And it wasn't about the sales. It wasn't about, you know, the like business of the job. It was like, a lot of people have a lot to offer and have beautiful stories and lives that they are living. Like, let me learn about it. And so Nadia was in the store. She had her hands full of clothing. And I was like, can I help you? Like, are you shopping for somebody? Like, can I, like, is there anything I can help you find? And she was like, sure. And <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest and share. She tells the story sometimes too, is that we were incentivized to call people out if we thought that they were stealing. Um, we had a huge <laughs> theft problem obviously it's a big department store and occasionally there would be people who would have piles and piles of clothes in their hand they would hold big piles of clothes in their hand to hide whatever they were taking and sneak it away and so i 
you know, would always kind of have my eyes out and kind of, I worked nonstop and I was just like, well, what's going on? So I would approach people and just say, you know, usually that would catch people off guard and they would flee because I never really wanted to get anybody in trouble. I just like wanted to figure things out. And so I was like, can I, can I help you with something? Like you have a lot of clothes in your hand. Like, who are you shopping? Like what, like for you, for your friend, whatever. And she was like, oh, well, my, my, my friend and I founded this personal styling company for plus women all across the country. And I was like, what? Sorry. (laughs) What is this? And rewind, start again and tell me everything. And she was like, well, it's exclusively for plus size women, women who wear sizes 14 and above all across the country. And I thought to myself, you know, here I was been the last X amount of years trying to be anything but, you know, a size 14 at the time. Like I, I wanted to be anything but fat. And here there was this company that was like, they had enough conviction. They had degrees from Harvard business school. Like who am I to tell them that they don't have a great idea? (laughs) And, and she was like, yeah, she's like, we send boxes of clothing to customers all across the country. We talk to them on the phone. They answer a bunch of questions. We get to know them. And then I, spend days a week going to stores all across New York City. I order stuff online. I find what they're looking for. And I send them boxes and I write them a note. And then they call me when they get their box and we unbox it together. And it's, you know, kind of cool because I I get so like, it's funny that you say 2015, because you probably got a box styled either by me or by Nadia or by by somebody else very early on. Honestly, probably. Yeah, because that's that's what would happen. And And she was like the... The sad thing is, is that like while, like while the options at Lord and Taylor on the, I feel like I can now say that because they're no longer really with us anymore. But like the options that were available there were significantly better than just about any other department store. Like there was a lot there. It still was on the sixth floor where all the other floors underneath were straight size. It was on the same floor as the men's bathroom as the cafe on the petite department floor, which. Uh, you want to talk about small little petite ladies calling you an elephant? I got stories. Um, it was Ugh. it was still a really pretty demonstrative experience. Like the fitting rooms were gross. the The staff, I mean, they did the best that they could, but it wasn't great. Um, and compared to all these other beautiful floors that were well lit, like had like Kim Kardashian visit and like beautiful like mirrors and lighting, like. Our floors had bumps in the rug because nobody decided to clean the floors. Like, it was just, you could tell nobody cared. Plus size sections are either on the bottom floor, like the basement level and tucked away in a corner. Or the top floor next to like home goods, right? Like, you're like, you never get a place to shine. Which, the thing that has always been such a like mind fuck about it is what we know is 67 percent of women in this country are plus sized right we also know this country lives and breathes off of capitalism so like why are you trying to make some money right Right. like yeah except for because if people are buying cute well-fitting plus size clothes Yep. They are then no longer checked into the idea of I am not worthy, I am not enough, sure. and diet culture suffers, mm-hmm. right? And that like that fucking like claw hand of diet culture over yeah. all of us 
yeah, is like so much more powerful, yeah. right? Like that, like you still, because if you buy cute shit now, people think, well, it means that I'm never going to lose the weight. Right. That's like what we have been programmed oh, to yeah. believe. Absolutely. And you know what? It's okay if you don't. Like that's like that is the thing. Like yeah. And in fact, like we just know uh, with you know the the evolution of science that is not funded by diet companies that most of us will not be thin. And right. it's actually yeah. such a great thing to like just embrace that. Yeah. Like on a scientific level. Like, not just, like, it, like emotional, spiritual, like, I have come to this journey of, like, being okay with myself, but also science has confirmed this, and I am no longer playing the game of, like, constant depression. Like, right. literally forms of depression, right? And I don't just mean, like, psychological depression, depressive appetite, depressive yep. behavior, depressive, like, depression of my soul, because, yep. like the goal of thinness seemed to outweigh the goal of happiness. Right. Right. Like, because we had been programmed to believe that. Right. Well, and, and I think what was interesting is that like Nadia just like straight dropped facts to me like that day. She was like, I read this New York times article that said that like plus size women have been shopping online and have a strong online community through blogging, through YouTubers, through and like through all these social channels because they were always shopping online because the only options that were available were online and that it's wild that like there aren't more businesses trying to fill the plus size like or serve the plus size consumer when it's like a 21 billion dollar industry like it's huge right. if you if you have the same I think the the 21 billion dollars comes from if you have if you were to have the representation of plus size clothing available for plus size market that there was available for straight size. It's like astronomical. Like if you actually had the same amount available for plus size as you do straight size, like the world is your oyster. And right. yet somehow people think it's too hard that the plus size consumer doesn't want to shop, that she doesn't want to participate, that she doesn't have any money. Like that's all bullshit because yeah. like Nadia will say it. I will say it like, I don't have a ton of money, but I spend it on clothes. Like I want to look good. <laughs> I want to feel good. And, and it's important. And so I remember that first conversation and I was like, holy shit, she knows what she's doing. And this is incredible. And I want to be her best friend forever. And, and she oh, wanted bullshit to bring statistic because if 67% of us are plus size. Yeah. You have just written off 67% of women in this country saying they don't have enough money to buy clothes. Right. Like, that's just like statistically impossible, right? Like right. if if you're just looking at it from like the economics and math standpoint, that's yeah. um, a it's false. Insane. Yeah, yeah. Insane. <laughs> well, so also, like, yeah, we want to look fucking cute. <laughs> right. Amen. Well, so something that I'm really interested as far as like the exclusivity of yeah. this company is like, I've had so many experiences like styling experience or like fitting room experiences yeah. where I'm looking for an opinion on something or I'm looking, I'm looking to, you know, maybe not even feedback, but I'm, I'm looking for like, Hey, I have this, like, would it go well with this or whatever? Yeah. And the feedback I get is basically, 
oh, well, that's not slimming. That's and, not flattering. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That and word so, makes my skin crawl. <laughs> oh, I know. It's heinous. Because that's, and so, it's the word that I heard my, my entire, my entire life was oh, you can't yeah. wear that. I'm sure everybody. Oh, well, yeah. you have to wear black. Yeah. You have to wear this because it's slimming because it's flattering. And it's baggy. I mean, sure. yeah. do I like dressing like a middle school lesbian teacher, art teacher? Yes, sometimes. But also like that was my aesthetic forced on me. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, like. well, yeah. And and so I'm interested in knowing kind of like the styling approach, considering, sure. be, especially since fat bodies are not a monolith, like with with straight sizes, like, you know, obviously there's variation within straight sizes. But like once you like fat can be distributed For so sure. differently. And For so sure. like working with such a variety of shape and size yeah. like what is your approach because the plus size rule book right now maybe not right now but certainly like 10 years ago was oh yeah does this take 10 pounds off yeah and that's not the playbook that you're using so I'm interested what you all what approach you take yeah that's a really great question so I think from the very beginning a phrase that has really struck me because I don't think I was ever really asked is we ask um, in a couple different spots across our profile, our our customer survey, but also we did this. I ran um, our styling call business that then transitioned into our customer experience kind of processes. Like, what are you comfortable with? We shouldn't be forcing anybody, anybody to wear anything that they're uncomfortable with. And being uncomfortable is a very unique, like it's different for all of us. And so we say, you know, what are you most comfortable in? And then how do we find, like, how do we, within that kind of structure, how do we then find pieces that you're going to really love? I always focused, so I was the first stylist in 2015 after meeting Nadia at the store. I I, um, I then joined Weekends. Um, and she, I kind of sat side by side and learned about the whole kind of process and all of our customers. And, and she was like, at the end of the day, she said, this could be the one box of clothing that this customer gets in a couple of months. Like this may be her like only shopping experience. And so, you know, we know what it feels like to be in the fitting room, to have that horrible experience, to try the clothes on, to order a bunch of stuff online, knowing you're going to return it all. She said like, we want that experience to be a really, really positive one. But then with the styling note and the, the stylist to have it feel like your best friend who honestly just wants you to feel your best to to kind of give you tips and and tricks to get there. And I think we've always been um and something I'm I'm extremely proud of when it comes to training and and feedback that I still see now from our stylists is like you made me feel this way. You putting on the clothes you gave me made me feel this way as opposed to what I see all across the plus size and and regular fashion space is the word look. That it's yeah. it should be more about how you feel in your clothes and and with that, fuck the playbook. Like, throw it out the window. If you want to wear stripes, if you want to wear whatever you want to wear, all you got to do is tell us and we'll find a way to make it happen. And like, that should, we should take guidance from you on what you're comfortable with. And then it's on us to do all that we can to make that happen. But we shouldn't be kind of imposing any sort of rules or, or suggestions. We obviously know through feedback and through things like what, based on body type, what people most prefer. 
or like what we what styles we think would go well for certain body types and and that's just like a baseline and i think we pitch things like i've always said like i would rather you have an opinion and hate something and tell me why you don't like it than keep it and and not like it when you're wearing it like there's now enough options out there thankfully i mean there's still not enough but there's enough <laughs> to have an opinion right so like you shouldn't ever wear or have anything in your closet or put anything on that you don't like the way you feel in that. So like, I don't want any customer to open up their box, feel obligated to keep it because she doesn't feel like the bad bitch that she wants to be just because like, oh, these are the options that I have. And so we do a lot with customer feedback. We ask a lot of questions. Our customer experience team is phenomenal. Our stylists are phenomenal. And we really use our customers as our guides to let us know like, how far can we push outside of their comfort zone. Um, I have I have a customer story. I um, Early on, I realized that I wanted everybody to have the, sh- the same shopping experience as I would want. I think we all do. And I, I was reading feedback, and I think what's interesting about, about the box is that it's kind of that like Cinderella moment, is that I think for plus consumers, I know for me, like I... I have very low expectations that what you're going to send me is going to work for me because science and history proves that five pieces that you send me aren't going to fit because my body is wrong and that like, it's not going to, it's just like not going to work. So the expectations are very, very low, but yet on the flip of that, my hopes are very, very high because if this does work, this could be the thing that changes my whole life. Right. And that like having pieces that I feel really good in and that I love myself in can we know changes our lives. And so while the bar is low, but the hopes are high, that's it puts you in kind of a high-risk situation to like get it right all the time. And we don't always do that. And I think like the biggest thing that I've learned is like be human about it and say, like, what do you want? Like, what are you looking for? Like, how how can I make your Cinderella dreams come true? And then we'll hustle ass to get that done and we'll do all that we can to do it because you shouldn't feel uncomfortable in the clothes you wear. Um, And it's been too long that people haven't felt that powerful. I know my life changed when I had clothes that made me feel good in. And now like, you can't fuck with me. Like, like, (laughs) I don't mean that in like a bad, I don't mean that in a bad way, but like, I don't, I've tried to kill myself twice. I'll be very honest about it. Like I, I would stand in the shower with a knife wanting to cut my stomach open, thinking that if I destroyed my body, a medical professional would have to fix it. And when they were fixing it, they would cut all the fat away and I would be thin. That's like the God's honest truth. I'm now to face it. I'm like, if you don't want to fuck with this, like I don't have time for you because this is great. And like, I know who I am and I know what my life is. And I'm very proud of that. But like, I won't accept anything other than that. And I think if we can give that little glimmer of hope, if it's through a moto jacket or a pair of jeans or a t-shirt that makes her feel like, damn, I like, I got this. Sky's the limit. It's also really hard when you're younger and you can't present yourself in a way that feels you. And you are, we just, here's what we know. Uh, Fat kids are bullied more and fat kids have higher suicide rates that's actually like two true statements yeah 
part of that is when you are young and you are just trying and truthfully, adolescence is hard for everyone. everybody. Yeah. And nobody said like they say it enough, but they don't say it enough. I have yes. two God kids and I tell them all the time, like everybody is fucking weird. Like just yes, do this is what a disaster for all of us. And sure, like, sure, just sure. hang in there. Just make it this through. gets better. It gets yeah. easier. Yeah. Uh, when you compound, you know, I'm 40. So like I was. 13 in 1993 which yeah. meant as a fat 13 year old i was it's wearing the same things 13. as my teachers yeah right yeah. like yeah like there was like lane bryant blazers ptsd but not even that because <laughs> we didn't have that money so it was yeah. like sears catalog yeah. yep you know what i mean like i i my whole life changed uh Actually, when I got introduced to Lane Bryant when I was 17, um, yeah. I don't know if you know who Justin Tranter is. Justin Tranter is probably the most famous pop songwriter working right now. Justin and I, they and I went to high school together, and their mother was the person who was like, okay, Jesse, I'm going to take you to a store. I'm going to take you to a store that yeah. has your size, that's going to yeah. introduce you to clothes. And it was the first time I felt beautiful. Yeah. Like, truly. That moment of, like, oh, now I'm getting emotional. That moment of, like, yeah. you know, it had just never been afforded to me, like, uh, both in the fiscal sense, right? Sure. Like, also, like, my mother, that's not her thing. Fashion was not her thing. And yeah. she was not fat. And so it was, like. It didn't matter. Uh, yeah. And so yeah. it it was uh it is really hard when you are in the process of uh, adolescence is a, part of the reason adolescence is so tricky is you are trying to figure out forge a path of who you are right yeah. and part of that is expression and when you have no ability for expression yeah because there's nothing that allows you to express via fashion of course that's hard right yeah. like of course that's like and that's why you choose things. music like right, I, like I, oh, I think yeah. we can all probably say I, yeah. I chose music because that was the only place that I could be somebody that wasn't the weird, broken, weirdo version of myself, and I could escape into a world in which I could be anybody I wanted to be, and nobody could judge me or fault me for that. But that was in like, it's funny you mentioned catalogs because my grandma was a huge catalog shopper, and I had it's. Even funny that I'm wearing a fleece like zip up now because she would buy me catalog zip up fleece from the men's department for me to wear with my overalls and airwalk sneakers. And like all looking I back, I would have made fun of the me. Spiegel catalog. Oh, like that's yeah. all I wanted was like like Spiegel catalog sheet yeah. realness yeah. in the nineties, right? Yeah. Like and I was like, I never get to have this because they don't offer my size. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The like the teen years, it's just so, it's just so hard because like every, like no matter what, like you're an asshole, like you've just got a lot of things on your mind that you just say out loud and like you don't realize that those things hurt, but yet they, they so, so, so hurt. And you also don't know who you are and, or what you want to be in the world or how to be or how to move. Like everything's changing all at once. And 
it doesn't get eat like I think it, it gets better, but I think there's pivots of that throughout your also adult life. Sure. <laughs> because yes. because that happens, but having clothes that like you feel comfortable in changes how and it's funny because people just assume that that's like a frivolous like oh well I don't I don't care like I don't care like I don't need to care about this well it's probably because you always had options you know you've like, never known what it's like to not be able to, to not like, have options yeah yeah to like no and, and I, even like a place like target for many years you couldn't even walk into right, right? like yeah. no and it's frustrating like it's wild. I, I posed this, I, I kind of like posed this thought out to Facebook as, as millennials tend to do, where <laughs> basically just like, so I live a block away from like a main Chicago street that has yeah. a lot of boutiques, a lot yeah. of like, you know, there's a lot of fashion offerings mm-hmm. on this street. How many of those there's, have your size? None. Yep. Literally none. Yeah. There is one store that if I go in and special order, I could get a t-shirt that says um something about like a Chicago hot dog. If I cool. if, if if I go in and ask if they have um my size, and, yeah. and even then I think they only go up to a 3X. Yeah. And the fact that literally and actually a couple of years ago a men's lifestyle store opened up and i went in and i was we were me and my boyfriend were talking to the owner and he and i was just like really candid because i was kind of like looking at the offerings and i saw that they had extended sizes for men yeah and i i went over and i was like i just want to say you are literally the only store on the street yeah. That offers above a size double XL. Mm-hmm. And he was like, really? And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. and like, obviously, you know, I'm, you know, this is not cut for my body. Um, but I just like want to congratulate you. Yeah. Um, for considering the fact that, you know, not all men are GQ models. A medium. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's and it's just it's so frustrating like the impact that a good outfit makes. Yeah. Like both of you having spoken to that so like vulnerably vulnerably it's like if 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 it was just an option yeah. even just slightly more accessible <laughs> than like if we if I could if I could if I could take a five minute bus ride to a a store that I could buy a shirt at or like I'm in a pinch and I need a dress for an event. I don't want to have to drive to a suburb. Yeah. I think what I found as I, as I spent more time working at Lord and Taylor and and seeing women and, and mostly it was women who came from overseas that were on vacation with their family that were plus size that had had dreamed like I'm from Connecticut. We would come into the city all the time to see shows. Both my parents worked in department stores in the 70s and 80s. So they both love fashion. So I grew up kind of liking fashion from afar, but knew that it wasn't accessible to me. So I kind of knew the shopping experience of New York was like That's we're sucks. gonna enjoy some window <laughs> shopping. Um and and then in working in it and seeing women from from like Australia or the UK or places come to to New York 
and then they would come up to the floor and they'd be exhausted. And I'd be like, oh, how was your, it was usually like after like five or six at night. And I was like, hey, how was your day? Like, how, like, where are you visiting from? Yada, yada. They'd be like, you know, we've been everywhere. We've been all over the city and there's, there's nothing available. Like we found you guys online. Didn't know that we even existed as like a huge department store, like one of the oldest retailers in North America, but found us because somebody mentioned plus size fashion and like we had options. And they're like, we've been all over the city, H&M, Forever 21, Ugh. every other store in New York didn't have plus size options. So by the time they got to me, they were completely just like downtrodden, that, right? Downtrodden. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and just like exhausted. And I, it like, it was, I got angry on their behalf. And I think that's still what like fuels the like hate fire in me that like his fixed over the pot the part of me that thought i didn't deserve it but is now just like burning fire that's like well fuck the system um because in the largest city in the world in the fashion center of the world the options that you have is half a floor on a department store that serves like petites and a cafe in the men's bathroom with a creepy stalker and this is your best option like Fuck that noise. So I made that the like best experience that they could have because I was like, I want you to leave feeling like you had the like quintessential New York shopping experience because that's what you deserve. And like, I was the psycho that was like, I'll run here and I'll go here and I'll go here and try this and do this. And, and because like, I wanted them to have what I always wanted and I wouldn't stop at anything. Like I had women that would like call me and be like, Hey, I'm on my way from, I had one woman who lived either in Kuwait or somewhere in the Middle East. She came to New York because her husband was ill. And so she would come back and forth all year long. And she would be like, pull a rack of clothing for me. I'm on my way tomorrow. And I would pull options. But I like, that shouldn't be like the norm (laughs) for anybody. I'll I'll tell you. So I had an audition in Boston in February. And I realized, oh, shit, I just packed the bra I'm wearing. I don't know if it's going to work with my dress. And I Google quickly, like, plus size stores in Boston. There was not one fucking store in the city limits that I could go buy a bra. I was like, so, like, what you're telling me is my option is I have to get in an Uber or a Lyft and go to, like, a suburb 36 miles out of out of the city oh my to god go buy a bra now luckily the bra i was wearing ended up working but i was like this is insane True. like this is a major u.s city yeah a major u.s city that in the city limits there are mm-hmm. zero options there was like bloomingdale's and they said we might have a plus size bra but a I spoiler also alert like, they don't but also i was like we've done that trip yeah how how many hundreds of dollars am i gonna spend on a bra at bloomingdale's right like i like god but and like target was like well we can order one for you but it takes two to three days to get it and i was like well my audition is two days away so do you have a roll of duct tape sir yeah (laughs) duct tape sir um i just was like and then like spoiler alert because we all work in music i went to the audition and I have to tell you, I was dressed super cute. I was sure. uh, in this tuxedo dress that was like, uh, like 
tuxedo top and then popped out in like an A-line hit mid-thigh, black tights. And then I had mustard yellow shoes. And yes. then my nails were hot pink and mustard yellow. And my binder was mustard yellow and my lipstick was hot pink. Like I was slaying. When like the uh, swag is on point, you're just like this. Like I feel like now, even whenever we dress up like really, really well, I'm like, this is for that girl who didn't get a chance <laughs> to wear the fuck she wanted. So you better pull it all out. Yeah. Like we are oh, not absolutely. stopping. Absolutely. Especially when it comes to singing where I'm like, yeah. I'm going to like wear a short skirt and you're yeah. going to like my thighs. Yeah. I'm like, right. Like, yeah. uh, and there were, um, and I walked in and I had a really good audition and I got into the thing and you know, like yeah. everything was fine, but there were three or four other fat women in the yeah. building doing different auditions. And my heart was so oh, heavy yeah. because they were wearing every single thing voice teachers tell or like, Skirts to the ankles and high oh, heels, yeah. and then yep. a shirt that's like down to the wrist, but Order has yeah, yes, cleavage. but like yep. but has cleavage. And I'm like, I was like, none of you look comfortable. Or one woman was in the like trousers, large cable knit turtleneck, and pashmina over it. Like, yeah. I was just like, oh, I just want to start a service for it's okay like a little like singers to be yeah. like come here come here yeah. let me tell you about places you can go shop because you know i that was what happened to me when i was younger where it was like well you don't want people to see your body and i was like yeah i do i do i love this body and i yeah. it was this like uh, yeah but i walked into that audition and i knew i was cute and yeah. i you sing better when you yeah. know you're cute right like Truly you feel good about what you're what you're doing. Like, you know, I was like, you cool. could you could put me in the middle. Like, if I have an outfit that I feel comfortable in, I will talk me conversate like things that used to scare the shit out of me. Don't intimidate or scare me at all because I know that I have an outfit that I can crush it in. And like where before I was this like very shy, like I was very much the like friend to the soprano poppy girl i was very much the like low-key like please don't look at me like I, like i don't want the attention like i'm just here as like the the like side like producer like i don't want to be in the limelight at all i like please like i'm the sidekick like you're gonna fall in love with her like please just like go talk to my like talk like because i never felt comfortable in the clothes that i was wearing and now i'm just like hi you <laughs> Get over here. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, not all um, that, all that, but... Uh, bitch, come here. <laughs> right. well, well, even, like, now through COVID, like, I don't go out very often. I now go out on one day a week to watch football with my friends, and I put on outfits that I feel awesome in, and they're like, why aren't you wearing a sweatshirt and, and like, jeans and sneakers? And I was like, because this is my one shot, and I feel so good and like i feel like i can flirt with people if i want to i can have a good time i feel like i'm like me and i'm like oh, i'm marshall okay. mathers hey i only get one shot <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god i love that as a verb Amazing. i gotta go <laughs> yeah but I think, also i feel like i am most certainly dating myself right now but that's cool that's cool no, i get it but i feel like to your to your point earlier jesse it's like there were so many years that we sat back and didn't live. Yes. Like, 
I, I, you get programmed to be the sidekick in your own life, right? Totally. Like that's oh, like, yeah. it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, I, it's absurd. It's, I almost posted and, and I'll, I'll post it eventually, but I, I wrote a caption the other day. It was like having a, a reverse in my feelings. Like I knew what my feelings were and I had something like poignant and like powerful to like compel it. But then I wussed out and said like, not ready, but I'm turning 32 in two weeks. I've never been in a serious, in, in a relationship. I've done what I needed to do, but I've never been in love. And I've, I've never reciprocated that. I've always had unrequited love for the best friend who never could love me because he had loved all the other bitches. But like, I, I attribute a lot of that to the life that I was leading years ago when I thought that I had to be somebody different than who I was. Then I wasn't living. I was just going through the motions to be anything but me. And now I look back and I'm like, damn, like you had it good. Like you were really pretty. Like you were a wonderful person. Like, I don't understand. Like now I feel like I'm making up for lost time and just like having a good time and living every day for fun and for like the life that I want to lead because I wasted so much time trying to be what everybody wanted me to be. And now it's like, fuck that. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to live the life that I can lead. And I don't care. Like, I, I think there's a lot of pressure that we put on specifically fat women that like, oh, you are unlovable. You are unworthy. You're half of a whole. You are less than because you're single. You you know, don't have meaning to your life because you're not in a relationship. And I got to this point this week that like, I was just like, fuck that noise. Like, I love the life that I have. Like, I feel whole. I'm not half of a person. I'm not looking for this other part of me. My life is 100%. And I think sometimes forget all the really rest confuse, of it. Yeah. Yes. I think sometimes people really confuse the idea of like being single because you're fat with yeah. the being single because you made choices you not. Well, like I am of an age where, and I went to the small school where so many people yeah. I know got married very young and maybe yep. hadn't thought about it or hadn't, sure. you know, yeah. I, I, I say this like lovingly, you know what I mean? Like, sure. yes. Like, uh, and now things have shifted in their lives and some things yeah. have shifted in lives and relationships have grown stronger and they've managed to work things through, but partners have said, I need more autonomy. And, you know, and yeah. in some cases relationships have ended because people have grown differently. Right. Yeah. Cause you're supposed to grow up, and grow, change and evolve. Sure. Exactly. I think one of the things being fat afforded me when I was younger was that I did not feel the need to possibly compromise the things I wanted and Absolutely. who I wanted to be yep. to be in partnership. And I had this very strong sense that the relationships I was going to have, they had to be cool with all the things I wanted. They had Absolutely. to be cool with my ambition. They had to be cool with like everything I knew was intrinsically part of me. Because it took because, you so long to get there, to like right. find that. Well, yeah. the irony is like where I feel like sometimes we might take longer as uh, fat folks to like feel beautiful or feel confident. I was good at doing work. I knew what I was yeah. good at. I had yeah. honed into that. I like focused on that and what ended up really happening to me was like 
the confidence thing coming later meant I wasn't seeking external validation. I was seeking my own validation. Absolutely. And that for me made the relationships I've had, I've made the rules for them. Do you know what I mean? In the best way, consensually and like, not like, yeah, I don't want that to sound like I, you know, but like, I have said I will not compromise Absolutely. the things I love. I will not compromise the career trajectory I am on. I will not yeah. compromise those things because those things are important to me. And sure. those things define me. And if you're signing up for this, if you're signing up for a relationship, you're signing up for those things. I'm yeah. not I'm not 20. I am not like happy to possibly figure out something I want to do be that here. Yeah. in your life. I yeah. am we will figure out how to fit into one another's life. And yeah. I will say like my thirties, I had more relationships in my thirties than in my twenties and like good relationships for the most part. There's only one ex that I am not currently super friendly with. Yeah. And that is because they're a bad person, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think, but I think you're right. Like I, I remember in my early twenties, people saying, you know, oh, well, well, your standards, your standards are too high. You need to settle. Like, like you need to, to change what your expectations That's are. That's a very fucking coded language for fat folks. Like yeah. you're, you're seeking something. You need to learn how to settle. And you're yeah. like, no. This yeah. shit is not settling. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, well, and and yeah. now, like, I think once you feel very comfortable in in all that you are, I'm like, if you can come in here and make this exponentially a thousand times better than we already are having a great time, then by all means, the party house is open. But like, we're vibing whether you whether you yes. want to be here or not. Here's what I know: I'm a great partner. I am kind. I am caring. I am generous. I am an excellent cook and I love sex. There is like nothing about me that does not make a great partnership. And you will be lucky to actually get up, like to come on, ride this train, choo choo, ride it. And I don't need to feel (laughs) like like somehow I need to compromise for that. Sure, sure, sure. Like I'm doing you a favor, like that, like, yeah. I think that's like the mindset that has been the most impactful of mine over the last like few years is just like, I, I feel like there have been so many things weren't available, either clothing or, or experiences of this and that because of being fat. And now I'm at this point where I'm like, well, I'm, I'm going to go and do those that like, like I'm going to go and do those. I traveled for the first time alone. I, live alone. I feel very comfortable and and I love my job and my career. And I feel like I'm leaning into all the things that make me who I really am and want to be. And so it's like, if you make that better, sure. But if not, like, I'm not going to be that, like, I, I won't look at my life at the end of all my years as like, wow, she lived a really sad and lonely life. Like we're going to (laughs) party. She had a fucking ball. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah like like that's like and i think the the like stigma around like like oh well you know you're you're women in your 30s and you're fat like you know time's a ticking and i'm like let it what am i gonna do stop time like i gotta have a good time like these rules are all arbitrary and yeah all, all made up right yeah. like the, like truly i don't understand why we think that 
we have to conform to certain sure. things, right? Like yeah. I, I, we can all say in so many respects, the way things have worked for many years was unsustainable. It wasn't working. Yeah. Why is this something that people for some reason don't understand yeah. might also be unsustainable and not working. Also, I yeah. will not poli- apologize for being an ambitious person. Like that is no way, no how. To quote Willem, I will not apologize. So, <laughs> oh, I love that. I feel like we're at like a. Uh, it feels like a lot of the like OG like style rules were tossed out the window, and like more and more, there's just like more. I think it. Somebody had said, like, you can't be what you can't see. And I think there's so many more people as examples and as as representation and just, like, existing. Not just, like, a filtered, beautiful, like, example of, like, perfection. But just, like, existing and showing and documenting and sharing and, and living. That then when you sit back and you're like, well, why the fuck am I trying so hard? That it's like, oh, well, I'm just going to keep, I'm going to do me. And and in a lot of respects, it it feels like we're in this point in history that feels almost um revolution but like a renaissance in which like people are 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 doing what was told you can't do and throwing rules out the window and just saying we are all trying hard enough to just make it through that can't be the 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 bar anymore like survival isn't the bar like thriving has to be what we're aiming for and to see that makes you want like the like adrenaline in you and the ambition in you is like, Oh, like I, I want more of that. I want to keep chasing that. And I think that's, what's like, I, I love working at, at D and being a part of a community online that, that inspires me all day, every day. It can be exhausting. Like I think it can be very exhausting because there's a lot of people that want to take you down and that believe in the, the old school views of, of fat bodies and want to kind of troll it up and this and that. And often often I am exhausted by kind of having this like fight or flight, having to like always have my, my like battle armor ready to go. Like, I think especially in the last few weeks, it's felt a whole lot more um, like, you never know where it's going to come at you, but it's going to be everywhere. And you're like, I wasn't prepared <laughs> for this. I'm just scrolling on TikTok, trying to watch like cute kids dance. And, but, but I think, I think like that, there's more people fighting against that than there is the the negativity at least or there's a lot more positive that outweigh the negative and i think the positive is moving in such a beautiful inclusive way that makes you want to just like you know you're not alone in that feeling and you know that you're a part of something that is like moving the engine forward if that makes sense yeah oh yeah well so I think that that's a really good place to kind of like wrap up. Just yeah. Just like, oh, but one, just, but, but Jesse, one, one quick thing. We want yeah. to talk about what you guys are doing that's, for the holidays. So, yeah, that's what I was yeah. just going to say. Like, yeah, yeah, as, yeah. as kind of like a, as kind of like a, a way to kind of like wrap things up. Like, we're in the holiday season. Yeah. Like, officially now, as you're listening yeah. to this, it's probably the week after Thanksgiving. And so I'm 32 um, years old officially. Woo, woo. Oh my god! Happy birthday! Happy <laughs> birthday to Wait, you. What's great about that song is uh, my neighborhood is like a celebratory neighborhood, and just about every weekend this summer, 
I would hear crowds of families sing that like randomly throughout my neighborhood. And I'd be like alone in my house just be like, happy birthday, dude. Like just like <laughs> alone, but like singing along. I'm like, I don't know who you are, but have a great birthday. <laughs> it was wonderful. Um, it was great. Well, and so, and I know yeah. that Dia's doing something really fun for the holidays. Yeah. Like, talking about it. Yeah, Besides absolutely. getting me jingle and jangle posties. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see, I'll see what I can do. I mean, you never, you never know. I think, um, so as I said earlier, I've been with Dia five years and five and a half years and, um, truly it has been the, the dream job I never knew I wanted, but has changed my life in so many profound ways. Um, not just being like it's very interesting to work for a company that you are also a consumer of. And a lot of our team is also plus size women. And, and if they're not, they are like the biggest, most encouraging, supportive allies who are just like, it's bullshit. You don't have options. Let's go. And I'm like, okay, great. Thanks for your enthusiasm. Um, and so, you know, we have realized this year that specifically in the plus industry, you know, obviously the economy is is where it is and um, we've hit kind of this new recession. And, and the sad part about this is about um, there's about 30% of the plus size industry that has had to close its doors, file for bankruptcy and, and close due to the, the pandemic. And, you know, that's really terrifying. And the fact that, you know, we're all, we're all still here, um, five five and a half years longer than my parents thought we were ever going to be because they were like there's no way this is going to be a real company <laughs> um <laughs> you know we we know that we wouldn't be in the position that we are in if it weren't for our community and if it weren't for those small business owners that helped bring plus size fashion to um to the like to the country and and those Boutiques that set up shops when nobody believed, you know, you were mentioning Chicago Marine is like how there are options available in like big major cities. Um, and there's a lot of amazing plus boutiques all across this country that serve their neighborhoods and serve their their communities and provide options, provide style. Um, and we wanted to do everything that we could to help set them up for success. So um, we are launching Dia's Holiday Market coming up um, in the next few weeks. Um, and actually, it'll be live by the time we're listening to this, fingers crossed. Um, really giving a platform for those small um, businesses to be able to sell the the pieces that they would sell within their boutique hosted on our shop. And I have to say that in the last year, obviously, I'm a bit biased, but our buying team, we're in general a very small but mighty team. They have fulfilled my hopes and dreams and stylish wis- wishes when it comes to options available in um in plus sizes and um it's only going to get better and better and better and better and when i tell you like there are things that i never dreamed of putting on my body that are available that i'm like oh well, i i didn't know that that was for me but now it now it's available and so this holiday market and a lot of the other initiatives that we're launching over the the holiday season will um really hopefully just provide the community more options more ways to shop introduce you to um potentially businesses within your local neighborhood so that you know if you can support them online that would be fantastic you can follow them on social um my large role at dia or my my biggest focus at dia is running our brand ambassador program which um, is a wonderful way for influencers across the country to share Dia and share their style um, and hopefully inspire and share um, Dia with their communities. I think, you know, I, in a, in a year when everything feels dark and scary, the fact that 
the majority of my day is spent on Instagram looking at beautiful women with bodies that look like mine, mm. dressed in incredible clothing that like I had some small part in making possible, has been the fuel that keeps me going. Um, and then to see in their comments people not knowing who we are and learning about it or being inspired or wanting to wear their clothing that they got at Dia is like insane. Um, I have a, a Dia tattoo. You can't see it on the, um, this is a podcast. So sorry for listeners. You can check it out <laughs> on my Instagram. We like, to, we like to call that podcast gold. <laughs> Ooh, okay, great. So I have, I have a Dia tattoo and, and I think it's funny because a lot of people make fun of me, um, or, or make fun of people that have the company that they worked for tattooed on their body is like a bad omen or, or something. But I, when I got it, I said, I said to, to Maddie and Lydia, our founders, I said, you know, at the very end of my days, I, I want to remember what we did and what we did for the women who, who, who felt like we did and never felt like they could be stylish. And yet here they are. And we have proof of it all day, every day through feedback, through emails, through social, like there is not an hour that goes by at Dia when we're not sharing a photo or a quote. It is constant. Um, <coughs> and it's inspiring. And I think it makes me all day, every day, choose myself and choose my style and choose my journey and show up for myself, even on the hard days. And um, it's just really powerful to see. And I'm incredibly proud of what we're doing. I am leading a very, very fun and super, super, super top secret campaign launching in December. And I'm not allowed to say anything about it because I've well, you've already said to myself. too much now. Now <laughs> I'm just said so too much. curious. <laughs> um, but there is there is something that we have been dreaming about doing for a really long time. Um, it's been kind of like a, a inside joke for all of us for a long time, and this year has just kind of sucked for everybody. And so um, I think our our big mission around the holiday season is to spread as much joy and surprise and delight as possible. And we're excited. Well, to have I'm so excited to see what that's going to be. Get ready. I, I, they I have already. I am buckled in. I am ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the kind of person that I have a lot of very like wild, big dreams. For example, I want um, a silver bullet trailer, and I want to drive across the country and give out Dia boxes. I've said this for <gasps> five years. I'm the, like, like an airstream. Like you're yes, gonna ma'am. airstream. Oh, yes, I love. Yes. I love yep. this. Yes, I'm. I'm the one who has these like big and wild dreams. And I go to our finance department. I'm like, hey, how about we do this? And they're like, um, maybe. And I'm like, okay, I'll see you in a couple weeks. Yep, I got you. I'll, I'll come back. <laughs> so this holiday season, I'm able to execute on one of my very big dreams that I'm very excited about. So. I think I have probably said too much, but stay tuned. I'm so excited for you. Um, and we have a lot of I awesome mean, this quotes. is not coming out for a few weeks. So sure, remember, sure, sure. by okay. the time this comes out, you it's it might have been announced already. It'll if this comes out on the second, it'll be announced just after that. Teasing. Teasing, teasing. It's a teaser. Yeah. I'm really bad Amazing. at secrets, so honestly shocked. <laughs> Let me do this. <laughs> Um, but this is awesome. I could talk about fat life all the time. And it's something that I spent a very, very long time not wanting to talk about or not wanting anybody to acknowledge, not wanting anybody to notice that I was anything other than like every other Becky or Kelly or, or Karen. And now I'm just like, honestly, more people look like me than they look like you. So I don't really know what the problem is. <laughs> and also, once, once that damn breaks. 
right? Once the levees break. It's all uh, over. Well, because it's also like, oh, I, I, these things that I once felt shame about, I can talk about with other people and we all have similar experiences. Yeah. And then that becomes, again, it's that like that net, right? Like where it's like, Oh, yeah. Well, well, and it's funny because I, I actually, and this is most definitely not a plug. Like I'm not trying to to plug, but, um, I just started a podcast on myself. It is a $0 budget, uh, low key. Like I've been home alone in this quarantine hell and, uh, I had to fire my therapist. So I'm using a podcast to like voice out my life. She here's, if we have a quick second, I'll, I'll listen. We have all the sex, so okay. Seconds, <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Um, well, so I I was going through some stuff, and I I got signed up with with a therapist, and um, just needed somebody to talk through some stuff. You know, was going through just like a lot of twenty funny, um, and I've been on and off with therapists over the last ten years of my life, and so met up with this woman, and she asked about dating, she asked about life, and I said, you know, I don't really translate well in online dating. I'm lovely in person. I just like, that's just not, I did it. I don't feel comfortable with it. It is what it is, whatever. And so she's like, well, yeah, you have to be really, really pretty to, to do well on online dating. And that's when I was like, I gotta go. And, uh, and yeah. And so my mind years ago would have said, well, she's right. And you're not pretty enough and you shouldn't do online dating because you're not pretty. My mind now is like, bye. <laughs> Fire your ass. Yes, I can. <laughs> yeah. Bye. And so, and so I, I stopped working with her, um, obviously. Uh, um, oh, so now I was like, how do we get to this part? Um, but so what I decided to do, I obviously need to find a, a better therapist for sure. But um, I decided to start a podcast like everybody else and their brother. Um, to talk about shame and embarrassing moments to be, I was trying to think of what a common thing, something that I had a plethora of stories to share, but also I think I, I tell stories in a way that people could relate to. I use my social like Instagram mostly to do, to share a lot about my life and probably more things than my parents would enjoy me sharing, but enough. And so I started this podcast called Are You There, God? It's Me, Marge. And I have a few questions, a few more questions. And each episode, I tell embarrassing stories of my youth or adult life in the hopes that, A, it releases out of my brain and stops keeping me up at night, and B, creates a space for other people to say, oh, I've had that too. I have shame and guilt from that experience, but here I hear somebody else processing it and going through it. I'm not as alone as I thought I was. And it's actually kind of a funny story. Um, And because I think we don't talk about those, we keep all those things inside when, in fact, everybody has done, like, if you've done it, somebody else has also done it. (laughs) So, like, the first episode I talked about the time that I pooped my pants in the front seat of my car in the parking lot of my apartment in college. And if I had a dollar for every person that has DM'd me since I published that episode and said, Hey, I've also pooped in my pants. <laughs> I would have probably $10 by now. And so it's those, <laughs> it's, 
It's like those moments that, and it's like dear friends of mine who like, we've never talked about it. Like it's like those moments that you don't, obviously not everything is going to be like gross boob stories, but like there are things that we all do and say that are part of the human experience that carry a lot of shame and guilt. And, you know, we carry with us that like, I don't have, like, I can't bear that weight anymore. Like, I got to keep moving. And if you can find that funny as I do and, and like, yes. laugh along Also, with like, me. honestly, choosing <laughs> to laugh at that shit is yeah. so much better yeah. for your mind, body, yeah. and spirit than, like, yeah. like I, I mean, I if you ever need a guest, you yeah. just let me know because I got... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the goal of this is that, like, if A, you want to come on as a guest, you're more than welcome. If you want a safe space in which you submit a story and I retell it, I am happy to do that, too, to keep anonymity there. Like, I I think part of it came from I have a, a 15 and a 13-year-old uh, god niece and nephew, and, and my the youngest, she is just... She's like, oh my God, I'm so weird. I'm so awkward. I'm so, and I'm like, Phoebe girl, like literally no, <laughs> like you're, fine. you're exactly where you should be. And like, you're going to be fine. And so when we're together, we do weird things together. Like we, we go on vacation together every summer and this summer we spend an entire beach walk talking in English accents because we thought that, <laughs> that was a funny, weird thing to do. And like, she wouldn't do that on her own. She wouldn't do that with her friends. And I'm like, I am your weirdo. Like. Nothing you do will ever make me unlove you. So, like, let's also nothing weird. you do will out weird how weird I am usually. You know, yeah, like, like it's just I tell the story that in second grade when my teacher asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I said an Asian Cosby kid, and she was like, "That's not possible." And I was like, "Anything is possible." <laughs> like, I, I just love like, that. stopped her and was like, "Anything is possible." Excuse me. I love and that. I grew up to be an actress. And while she is correct <laughs> that it would be uh, inappropriate for me to be to portray an Asian Cosby kid, I do think I grew up to be someone who like bought into the anything is possible construct. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. yes. Yeah. And I, I mm-hmm. think that like we need more of that. I feel like there's so many parts of of our lot, like even just when it comes to work, that I know so many people that work boring jobs and all they do is complain and complain about their jobs. And I'm like, you know, you could leave, right? Like, there's other, like, I realize that, like, there's uh, unemployment is definitely a problem. I will tell you that there. But, like, life is too short to spend the majority of your time being fucking miserable. The end. The <laughs> like, end. not a tree. Yeah. Find, there's other, there has to be join an online group that brings you joy like there has to be ways for people to like find some sort of humor and joy out of it because at the end of the day like i've witnessed a lot of death in my in my years and like life ends very quickly you got to enjoy every second of it and why not laugh think i'm a weird why not laugh i (laughs) yes we're Uh, all weird why not uh, so feel was, free to check off my check out my podcast. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm loving I love that. Ridiculous. Um, we are here for the plugs. We are here for the plugs. <laughs> uh, final thoughts. That's where we're at. Final thoughts. Oh. <sighs> um, my final thought is just know that you're not alone. Yes. Know that there are people out there 
who are invested in making you look, but more importantly, feel good. And you should seek those people out, seek those options out because you deserve it. I love that. I think people assume that they don't, that nobody, I felt for so long that nobody cared. And I am constantly day to day. I say this to the team often. I am blown away that the people that work at DIA give a damn because for many years I was told that it wasn't, I wasn't worth giving a damn about. And I feel like a lot of people feel that way. And so I get really emotional when I think about how much they care and all that they do to make sure that I have options to shop. I'm like, oh God, I love you all so much. But it it's true. Like there are good people out there. I think it's very easy to say that there aren't good people out there, but there's way more good. I feel like this is my final thought. Ready? There's way more good in the world than there isn't. And you'll find it and you'll be okay. That. I would have thought my final thought would be about fashion. And so I'm going to give a little fashion nugget. Uh, you get to enjoy the way you look and feel in things. That is something that everyone gets to do. And mm -hmm. so if you're not feeling that or you don't see that when you look in the mirror, you need to figure out something that makes you feel that way. Mm -hmm. uh, and that might be therapy and fashion, but also it just might be finding something that makes you feel better about what, how you're presenting yourself. Uh, the other thing I would like to final thought is like, it is, I, I really, okay. So I am 40 years old and y'all, I don't look 40. <laughs> I just don't, I know I don't. And I think the one thing I would like to say is like, Part of that is that I embraced that I was weird and funny and just a little different when I was younger. And I cannot stress enough, like, if you sort of nurture your inner weirdo, it really does make you a happier person as you age. Like, it, it, my favorite movie as a kid was Spinal Tap. Like, what? <laughs> what? I didn't understand <laughs> I the joke, but I knew I loved it. And yeah. like, you know, there's just this thing where I think if you kind of like all the things that I thought made me so weird when I was younger are like kind of my superpowers in age, yeah. right? Like, and so I just want to reiterate, like, embrace your inner weirdo. It's, it's, you have... I think when we're younger, especially that adolescent age, we spend so much of our time trying to hide or blend or fit in somehow. And when you are the funny weirdo, like, you end up stifling a part of who you are. Mm -hmm. Just lean into it. It's okay. Middle school might not be your jam, but I promise if you keep leaning into being the funny weirdo by the time you get old enough to possibly teach middle schoolers they are going to love the shit out of you because you allow them you being a funny weirdo gives them permission to be funny and weird well, it, what's interesting about that is 
then you realize that that those are the things that people are drawn are drawn to because you are that. Yeah. Like it. And then the people who you thought were the like normal non weirdos, you're like, God, I wish I had one ounce of what you have. And I'm like, what? What? Okay. Cool. I will say one of the best compliments I've ever received in my life was from one of the kids I taught uh, at the college I used to teach at. And she was like, you were the first teacher that I really felt like, encouraged me to be me like in like all of the like facets of me and I was like yeah being weird gets you hired right like we love a funny weirdo like I want you to like like actually let that come out of you and like yeah that's a good thing so I love it babies yes we did it another podcast we did Uh, it Marsh (laughs) this was this was such a pleasure thank you so much for joining us this is wonderful I love um, this. Yeah. Well, thanks have for an, having me. Have a wonderful time, podcast babies. Yes. Bye, podcast babies. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for listening. You can find us on all the social media places as Fat Out of Hell Pod and all the podcast places as Fat Out of Hell. And you can shoot us an email at fatoutahellpod at gmail.com. Bye, babies.